Hey, Sarah here. Summer is fast approaching, and here's what I propose. A relaxed and simple summer that offers just enough structure to keep those long, sticky days from melting into chaos, and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. Also, fairy tales. Lots of fairy tales. (laughs) I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer, and I would love for you to join me. Save your free seat at the workshop by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. See you there. You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that inspires you to build your family culture around books. Hello, hello, Sarah McKenzie here, your host for the Read Aloud Revival podcast. You've got episode 55 today. We're popping this episode up a week early because you're going to want the book recommendations in this episode as soon as possible. Can you believe this? After today's episode, we've got just one more for season nine. And then we'll be wrapping up and we'll be back with season 10 in January of 2017. Some great guests lined up for those shows. Really looking forward to that. If you haven't checked out all the new wonderfulness at readaloudrevival.com, you want to do that. We recently had a little facelift done there. So the new site is beautiful and hopefully easier than ever for you to navigate. And I hope while you're there, you'll check out my speaking page so you can see if I'm coming to a conference near you in 2017. I'll be at several homeschool conferences next year, the Great Homeschool Conventions in all four GHC cities. That's Greenville, South Carolina, Fort Worth, Texas, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Ontario, California. I'll be hosting Read Aloud Revival meetups in each of those cities, as well as in Orlando, Florida for the FPEA conference in May and the Texas Homeschool Coalition Conference in the Woodlands in July. I'll be doing a meetup there as well. If you are a member of the Read Aloud Revival membership site, you'll get an invitation. You just want to log into your dashboard and choose upcoming events so you don't miss out on those, and you can stick them on your calendar. And if you'd like to become a member so that you can join us and meet other revivalers in your area, head to rarmembership.com to find out how you can do that. There are going to be lots of great speakers at all the conferences at Great Homeschool Convention, at FPEA, and at the Texas Homeschool Coalition Conference in the Woodlands. I am so excited. I hope I get to meet you at one of those. I love meeting revivalers face-to-face. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're a reviveler. got the whole Read Aloud Revival team here with me, and we're going to chat up our favorite books that help both our kids and ourselves live with more gratitude. This is, of course, a great time of year to be reading books about thankfulness and gratitude. But really, gratitude is one of those dispositions we want to be cultivating in our families all year long. So our Read Aloud Revival community director, Courtney Garrison, and podcast manager, Kara Anderson, are here with me to chat up books about gratitude and thankfulness. Courtney, so glad you're here today. Thanks so much, Sarah. And Kara, how are you, lady? 
Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always fun when we chat together, so I'm glad you're both here. Well, usually when the three of us start talking about our favorite books, things get a little out of hand. So this is just a reminder that every book we mentioned on the show today will be linked for you in our podcast show notes. So don't feel like you have to stop whatever you're doing to jot them all down. We've done that for you. Head to readaloudrevival.com and look for episode 55 to find today's show notes. Okay, who wants to start? Let's talk about, well, let's see. We should probably divide this show into two parts. So we've got, of course, there are a lot of books about Thanksgiving and gratitude have to do with the holiday of Thanksgiving. And we all live in the United States. So this is a holiday we're all getting gearing up to celebrate. And then maybe a little later in the show, we can pivot over to books that cultivate gratitude and thankfulness for those who aren't in the United States and might not be celebrating our Thanksgiving holiday. (laughs) What do you guys think about that? That sounds great. I think almost all the books that I have chosen are picture books, probably. What about you, Courtney? <laughs> yep, I did all picture books. <laughs> I could have not on purpose, but that's just sort of how it always shakes out with me. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're trying to make a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Life is better with picture books. Kara, what about you? Are yours picture books too? I have a big old stack of picture books. Awesome. What I've been loving about picture book reading lately is not just that my younger kids who are four and the twins are three love them, but my older kids. Just this morning, I was reading Anna Dudney's Llama Llama Mad at Mama, which is like this darling little read aloud or rhyming picture book. And my 11 year old son would never admit to this, but he's like crept closer and closer over to where I I was reading and he's like getting ready for his soccer game and listening to Llama Llama, Mad at Mama. So I love that my older kids love picture books too. And they are such a low commitment because even if you feel like you don't have tons of time to read, you can always take a few minutes to read a picture book. So no matter what age your kids are, picture books are fantastic. Who wants to start? I was just, I'm sorry. I was just going to say one thing about, I was just listening to the podcast episode with Linda Sue Park. Oh yes. I don't know which one that is. And she said something about picture books being close to poetry. And as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, you're right. And that's maybe why I like them so much that the text is so finely chosen and so carefully worded. And so I think picture books are worth your time. So that's episode 53. So you can head to readaloudrevival.com and look for episode 53 for that fantastic episode with Newbery award-winning author, Linda Sue Park. And when she said that too, that struck me because a lot of the authors that we talk to for our author access events inside membership say the same thing, that writing a picture book takes an incredible skill because you have to use such an economy of words. The words matter so much. You can't have any strays in there. So... It's like an art form, really. (laughs) I heard somebody, and I can't remember which author it was on another podcast. I might remember before we're done here, who said that for her, picture book writing is the hardest of all the kinds of writing because it's such an art form. I'm going to tell you actually my very favorite. This one's new to me. I don't know when this one was published. Maybe we should look that up because I'm not sure if it's new in general. Hearing the Bread, an old-fashioned Thanksgiving story. It's so good. You're jumping out of your seat to talk about it, so fine. Take it over. (laughs) Well, as soon as I saw that Pat Zietlow Miller had a new book, I thought for sure we have to get it. Last year, or maybe the year before, she wrote Sophie Squash. And I think I first heard about that book from Melissa Wiley and immediately got it from the library. And it's about this little girl named Sophie who goes to the farmer's market and finds a squash, buys a squash, and like takes it home and it's her baby. But of course, the squash kind of starts to rot and it becomes problematic, but it resolves in a really wonderful way. But this book is also, Sharing the Bread is also a fall time Thanksgiving themed book. The illustrations are just stunning. I love them. But then the way that the text flows is so neat. And each person in the family 
does a job and it's everyone is getting, you know, every job that they do brings us closer to Thanksgiving dinner. It's so, yeah, that's the part I think I loved the most was this sort of picture of the whole family working together to celebrate. So it's just so beautifully done. Have you seen that one yet, Kara? I haven't, but now I need to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. That's my new favorite. That's my favorite find of this year. And I wondered why I hadn't seen it before. So that makes sense that it's brand new. Okay. So I don't even know where to begin with my stack because I'm so excited about so many of these, but there's one called the Thanksgiving door. When you were talking, Sarah, about, you know, reading picture books with older kids, all of these I read with my nine and 12 year old. So these are all nine year old and 12 year old approved picture books. (laughs) And they loved this one. And it's, it's really, really sweet. It's about a couple who, it starts out and the wife burns Thanksgiving dinner and they don't know what they're going to do. So they go down to this little cafe, which is a family-owned cafe, and it's not really open. They take part in this huge family Thanksgiving celebration that incorporates the family's old world traditions into it too. And then you have to look at the end because... I'm not going to give anything away, but it was very much meant to be that this family showed up and this couple showed up and celebrated with the family. So it's just, it's so sweet. So another one that my kids really, really loved, it's called Thank You, Sarah, The Woman Who Saved Thanksgiving. And so it talks about Sarah Hale and how she spent, I mean, something like 30 or 40 30 years. Yeah. Trying to make Thanksgiving a holiday and how she wrote to all these presidents and they all said no. And then finally Abraham Lincoln said, yes, I guess moral of the story is that, you know, that you can make change happen and that writing is very powerful. And so my kids really loved it. Yeah. And that book has, I mean, there's the main picture book part, but then there are like three or four just very text heavy pages in the very back that give you further things to find out historically about the time period, about what writing is like, about the presidents. It was, there's so much more to do with this book. Yeah. Yeah. You can build on it. It talks about slavery. It talks about you know, she was an editor and that was not common for women at the time. It talks a little bit about, you know, women earning the right to vote and I mean, just everything. So yeah, you can just kind of use it as like a a jumping off point for a bunch of different historical things. So I think she wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb too. She was a teacher and that was actually like one of her students named Mary came to school with a lamb. So are you kidding? Really? Oh yeah. I had no idea. Oh my goodness. Speaking of things like that, if I can do just one more, have you guys seen the Over the River and Through the Wood that's illustrated by Matt Tavares? Oh no. I did. I just saw the library the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so this is really neat because it's actually that Thanksgiving song that so many of us have heard. So it's beautifully illustrated. It's another one of those books, kind of like the Jonathan Bean book where there's dog that you have to keep track of as you go throughout the book. And all um, the pages. Oh, that's fun. Lydia Maria Child actually wrote that poem. The version that we have of Over the River and Through the Wood is illustrated by Christopher Manson, which is also really well done, really beautiful. So there's a few different picture book versions of that one. So this is a silly one that my kids, my little kids love this one. It's I Know an Old Lady Who Swallowed a Pie. Have you seen it? No. It's funny. It's, you know, it's not like inspiring. It's just funny. (laughs) It might be inspiring to the right person. And uh, it might, it might be. And at the, I mean, yeah, the last illustration we always have to talk about for a few minutes. I'm not going to give it away, but it, you know, it could be slightly disturbing to your children, depending on (laughs) my kids love it. But, you know, that's my disclaimer right there. So I know an old lady who swallowed a pie, and here's a pie, which was really too dry. 
<laughs> and she swallowed some cider to moisten the pie, the Thanksgiving pie that was really too dry. So there you go. that that you were talking about where where sensitive kids might be a little bit worried throughout oh, yeah. the book. Yes. Um, a turkey for Thanksgiving by Eve <laughs> I love that book so much. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's funny, but my daughter, who is a just an animal lover, as we were reading it, I could see her face going, where is this going? But um the wife sends the husband out to get a Thanksgiving turkey. What are we all thinking? That he's gonna bring it back for dinner, right? And he does bring it back for dinner. But everything works out without giving too much away. Since we're on this sort of crazy topic, there's a Jack Proletsky collection called It's Thanksgiving. And so he's a poet. He writes children's poetry. And there's, he's, I don't know, so it's all of the sort of typical Thanksgiving scenes, but done by Jack Proletsky. So they're a little, you know, they're a little bit funny, a little bit, you know, something you know is going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. Or let me see if I can find one to read to you. Just a minute. Okay. All right. This is Jack Proletsky. It's called If Turkey's Thought. If turkeys thought, they'd run away a week before Thanksgiving Day, but turkeys can't anticipate, and so there's turkey on my plate. Oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, 10 or 15 really fun poems in there. Well, I have to say, we have wild turkeys all over the place here in Spokane. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they, you really do see them come out in October. Like, it's kind of crazy. I've had to slow down probably two or three times in the last week so that I didn't hit a little family of turkeys walking around. And every time I think of Eve Bunting's of Turkey for Thanksgiving. Linda White wrote this picture book called Too Many Pumpkins, illustrated by Megan Lloyd, the same illustrator of the little old lady who is not okay. a Okay, yes, yes. They're so good, yeah. Yes, and it's like the same little old lady, but it's right, not right. Her, so it's kind of funny. So she just released a new book called Too Many Turkeys, which is kind of a take, a Thanksgiving take on the same idea, but oh, it's wow. really funny. I found this really fun, very simple picture book called Thank You Thanksgiving. Very simple illustrations and very simple text, but just the sweetest thing. It's Thanksgiving morning and the family is getting ready and they need whipped cream for the pie. And the mama gives some money to the little girl and she gets to go out and buy the whipped cream by herself. And so the first thing that she's thankful for is thank you mama for sending me but then as she's out in the world by herself, she just gets, she's, she's thankful for the birds and the bunnies and she starts singing a song. She's thankful for music. And then she's thankful for whipped cream and pie. And then at the end, she's thankful for Thanksgiving. Thank you, Thanksgiving. And you see the illustration and it's all of her family. It's after the meal. Everyone's tired. Somebody's fallen asleep. They're just all sitting on the couch talking. And what she's most thankful for is that Thanksgiving has brought all of these people to her house. It's a very wonderful book. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Thank you. This is the second Thanksgiving book we ever owned. It was because we went to a story time and they did it. And my son just loved it. And he loved that it was easy and repetitive and that you could, you know, once I pointed out to him that what the words thank you were, he would say, thank you. And then I would say, warm boots. And then, you know, turn the page and everything. And it is, it's just so sweet and so simple. And you can, I like having those books in like my Thanksgiving book basket, especially when I had little kids where it was like, I can read that one again. Some of them get really long, you know, and some of them you don't necessarily at every moment want to pick up and read. But this one, I mean, it's so short and simple and just, just sweet to share with kids. I really love that book. 
Kevin have to add that to our list for sure, because I have not seen that one. I love that it sort of widens up Thanksgiving. You know, when we talk about thankfulness with our kids, we, you know, we're thankful for a warm bed and for our strong family and for these really sort of big, almost cosmic things. But a lot of times what we're really thankful for is like you said, Kara, warm boots. Warm boots are so amazing, you know, on cold days to go crunching mm-hmm. through the snow and to hold that, you know, sort of these smaller pieces of gratitude and to for our children to see that and to welcome those gratitudes as well, I think is amazing. Well, and do you guys ever go around your table and ask your kids what they're thankful for or ask your family? Yeah. And I think that can be kind of intimidating to little kids because, you know, they hear something like, oh, we're thankful that our marriage has survived for 48 years and, you know, or something like that. And little kids are like, I'm really thankful for my Legos. And, and they don't think that that counts, you know, or something. And so that book just shows them that little things do count and being grateful for those things is still important. In our house, Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving without Cranberry Thanksgiving. Yay! Yes. I love that book. It's a five-in-a-row book. It has the best recipe at the end, but it's such a sweet story, and the recipes are so good. It's There's really- got to be no better character to come up with a really fun voice for than Mr. Whiskers in Cranberry Things. And we just got Cranberry Halloween from the library. I'd never seen it. We haven't even read it yet, but I thought, well. One called Cranberry Autumn as well. Oh, wow. And Cranberry Christmas. Cranberry Halloween, Cranberry Valentine, Cranberry Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Okay. I see it now. Cranberry Autumn, Cranberry Easter, Cranberry Birthday. Oh my goodness. Cranberry Summer. I did not know all of these. Oh, look at me filling up my Amazon cart again. I tell you, when you buy books actually on the podcast, those are the ones that people always write in and ask about. There was this time and Sarah was listening and there was all of these books about cranberries and she was just buying them right there on the show. I'm like, oh yes, I know that episode. Well, this feels good though, because every time I listen to a podcast, I end up buying a bunch of books. So now I've actually gotten Sarah, you know, to buy books. So Okay, a really fun Thanksgiving book. Again, it's kind of a silly fun one, but it's Thanksgiving is here by Diane Good. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. The illustrations are the part that I think really make that book sing. And it's because the family is totally chaotic and you've got relatives like that one older relative lady who's like annoying everybody and the people are falling asleep listening to her be really impassioned about something while grandma's cooking and there's a pregnant mom and the kids are like sneaking pie into the table. And I mean, it's just like the chaos that is an actual Thanksgiving celebration in a family where the chairs don't match and it doesn't matter. You know, I think that's actually some of the text in that book is something about how it doesn't matter because we're all together. And it's just a fun, you could turn those pages really slowly because there's a lot to see in each one of the illustrations. Another one of my favorites right after Cranberry Thanksgiving is this one called Giving Thanks. It's paper cuts. Uh And I love it because what I do is I pull it out like at the beginning of November and I just read a couple of things a day as part of morning time or whatever. There's poems, there's verses, there's songs, all with a spirit of gratitude. And it says poems, prayers, and praise songs of Thanksgiving. It's by Katherine Patterson. Such a, a beautiful way to start your day in November. So gratitude and thankfulness are dispositions we want to be cultivating all year long. And we have a good number of listeners also who don't live in the United States and won't be celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday. So let's transition a little bit into picture books that cultivate that sense of gratitude. Courtney, do you want to start? Sure. A book that we just sort of stumbled into in our family is called 
The Little Brute Family by Russell Holben, who wrote the Francis books, Bedtime for Francis and Bread and Jam for Francis. My youngest son just fell in love with Francis this summer. And so we, we got all of Russell Holden's books and found The Little Brute Family. And there are these awful sort of monstrous little guys who live in the woods. And they, they're a family and they've got an older sister and then two boys, which is exactly what our family has. So we are the, the little brutes. And <laughs> they eat sticks and stone soup. And nobody says please or thank you. And they don't say, oh, how delicious, because it was not delicious. (laughs) And mama walks around scolding the baby and thumping the furniture. (laughs) So it's this wonderful, awful family. And then the little baby brute goes outside and there's a little wandering good feeling flying by and he catches it and he puts that good feeling in his pocket and he goes home and that night at dinner, when his mama gives him sticks and stone soup, he says, thank you. And the little good feeling flies out of his pocket and it hovers over the table. And by the end of the book, their whole family has been transformed by this little good feeling by saying thank you. And they have to change their name to nice. So it's, it's a super wonderful book. And it's not at all preachy or anything like that. You might even miss what the little good feeling is in the first couple of readings, but it's a pretty miraculous transformation that happens in their family. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. At the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned that what I propose for this summer is a relaxed and simple plan that offers just enough structure to keep your days from melting into chaos and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. And what summer wouldn't be much, much better with a whole bunch of fairy tales? Well, I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer And here's what we're going to talk about. First, how reading fairy tales can make your summer easier. Yes, easier. We want to take things off your plate this summer, not put more on, right? (laughs) Fairy tales can make your summer easier and more fun. I'm also going to share the fairy tales I recommend for every age and the tippy top thing you can do to make sure your kids make delightful memories this summer. It is way less work and way less pressure than you think. The free workshop is happening live online on May 7th, 2024, and you can save your free seat by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. And yes, there's a replay, so make sure you register even if you can't join us live on May 7th. Again, text the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. Sarah, do you have a gratitude book? I was thinking of books that I thought would cultivate gratitude or that kind of feeling of gratitude. And have you seen the book All the World by Liz Ganton? Yes. 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 Okay. Illustrated by Marla Frazee, who's yes, going to yes, be yes. And a guest at the Read Lauder Bible membership in 2017. My, she's the illustrator of probably my favorite picture book of all time, which is The Seven Silly Eaters. But All the World, I think, is one of those books that it's not at all preachy, but it's just kind of a tribute to the small, beautiful wonders of everyday life. Let me just read the beginning part, which is rock, stone, pebble, sand, body, shoulder, arm, 
hand, a moat to dig, a shell to keep. All the world is wide and deep. And then the illustrations are astonishingly beautiful as all of Marla Frazee's illustrations. Yeah, they are. So, yeah, you just, you can't read that book and not be grateful for this incredibly beautiful world we live in. So that's probably the first one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. And I love how all the world opens things up so that, I mean, like Kara was saying, we sometimes, we have sort of narrow ideas of what we're grateful for, but we're really grateful for all the world. It really is the pebble and the sand and your hand. And I found this tiny little picture book by Tommy DePaula called Look and Be Grateful. And it's that same, you know, very quiet, very, there are very few words, but it's, I'm, I'll read it to you because it's just, it's very small. Open your eyes and look, open your eyes and see and say thank you for today is today. Be grateful for everything you see. Have gratitude. Today is today and it is a gift. So be grateful. And that's all. <laughs> and then there's this wonderful illustration of Tommy himself. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Another author who we're going to be having on in membership in 2017. I'm super excited about that. That's going to be amazing. I've got this really, another really simple book called Thanking the Moon. It's by Grace Lynn. And she's the author and the illustrator. And I know that we, when we heard Jonathan Bean in the Author Access event last year, and he talked about writing books and illustrating books and how often those two things are different projects. And so the writer writes and the illustrator illustrates and they don't talk to each other or work together. It's two different streams that join in together. But just like with Jonathan Bean's book, This Is My Home, This Is My School, there's something magical when the author is the illustrator. There's something that happens, a neat alchemy I love. And this book is really, the illustrations are super simple, lots of big washes of color, lots of really graphic patterns. It's beautiful to look at. Well, okay. So I think, and I'm not 100% sure, we'll have to ask her because she's another author that we're going to be having on the membership site for Author Access in 2017. But I believe that most of her picture books are pictures of her family. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that just makes, that's a whole other level of wonderfulness. I love it. Yeah. I heard her say once that her first picture book, which I can't remember which one it is. I might have to go look was just her and her mother and her sisters thought, you've got to be kidding. You wrote and illustrated a picture book and you didn't put us in it. <laughs> so after that, that became like what she did. She put the, her family in. I don't know if that's how they all are, but we'll have to ask her when she's on. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. But I love that, you know, we were talking, there's Thanksgiving in America, you know, the fourth Thursday of November, but then there's gratitude. But there are all of these other people who are, who are thankful to, who have ways of marking the change of the seasons and of being happy that the harvest is in. And again, Linda Sue Park, she said that some picture books are mirrors. When we read them, we see ourselves in them and we identify with the characters. But some picture books are windows and doors. They bring us to a new place. And that's what happened for me with Thanking the Moon by Grace Lynn. I got to see in through the window into a new festival that I didn't know about. Yeah, that's beautiful. Another book that makes that just your description of the windows and doors and that kind of give us this other, this peek into what other people are grateful for too is The Last Stop on Market Street. Yes. This one has won a gazillion awards. Newberry, Caldecott. I don't know if I've seen a book win both the Newberry and Caldecott before. Have, have you? That's amazing. It is amazing. Same year and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, again, not preachy whatsoever, but you finish that book and you feel changed hmm. from when you first started reading it. It's that incredible. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm putting it on my list immediately. For our listeners who like Karma Wilson's Bear Snores On and Bear Once More, there's Bear Gives Thanks. Kara has it in front of her. Yay. (laughs) I love picture books that rhyme with like a really lovely cadence. And I just think those books are, the illustrations by Jane Chapman are particularly lovely. So yeah, we love all of the bear books. And animals, uh, the animals' faces, their little expressions are so cute. And, and their personalities that sort of are consistent through the book so that you yeah. know what the mouse is going to do and you know what the hare is going to do. And, it's like, and the bear says, wait, and it's just a picture of the big bear. And it's just, I mean, you just, you have to stop on that page. You have to. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple of bear books that are out all the time. But then we have Bear Says Thanks, and that's in our Thanksgiving books. But there's also Bear Stays Up, and that's in our Christmas books. And so every time we have a bear book out, the three-year-old wants to talk about, you know, when do we get Bear Says Thanks, and when do we get Bear Stays Up, because he's got to keep track. (laughs) Well, and and I would like to particularly recommend Bear Says Thanks for all the mothers who do not always feel like they're the best hostess in the world. (laughs) Because Bear wants to throw a party, but he doesn't have anything to share. And so his friends don't care. And they all come over and they bring their own things. And if, if like me, you have, you know, you read the Sean and Nyquist books and you're like, I want to be like her. I want to have the beautiful cheese platter. And you just can't manage it. Just go ahead and curl up in a room for a minute and read Bear Says Thanks. It's okay. Sarah, did you have a copy of, um, it seems like in one of your book pile pictures, I saw a copy of An Old Fashioned Thanksgiving by Louisa May Alcott. Do you know who the illustrator of that edition was? Uh, I want to say Jody Wheeler, but let me just okay. look. The pictures looked awful pretty. Yes, they were lovely. Yes, Jody Wheeler. Now this one looks like it might be out of print. I don't think I realized that. I got that one from the library. So this is, of course, Louisa May Alcott's story. And then there's a few different illustrators who have done picture books based on it. I saw two really lovely editions at my library. That was one and James Bernardin. And I looked at that one too. And the illustrations in that one are very lush. They're like really rich. That one's also beautiful. Same book text written by Louisa May Alcott, just different illustrations. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other one that I really like by Karma Wilson, who's the same one, the same author of the Bear Snores On and Bear Gives Thanks books is Give Thanks to the Lord, which is Thanksgiving book. And it's, again, another story told in rhyme that's really lovely to read. It has beautiful illustrations as well. Give Thanks to the Lord by Carmen Wilson is based on Psalm 92. And so that's, it's a really neat, it's not at all like a retelling of the psalm or anything like that, but it's, it's really neat to read them together and to talk about how they might have influenced each other. It's a really neat way of approaching the scripture, I feel. It was so fun to check out all these books from the library in October because I just went to the shelf and then just, I just like took the whole shelf off and checked the whole, I, I didn't have to put holds on anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants a Thanksgiving book. We're only allowed to check out five holiday books on each card at a time. And so I put five on everybody's cards, had like 20. <laughs> and then my, I'm really bad about, I'm sure this shocks you. I'm really bad about turning my library books in on time. And so the girls are like uh, giving me the stink eye as we're leaving. Like you'd better not put that on my card. (laughs) At our library, they took fines away from all children's books and all books checked out on children's cards. No (gasps) fines. What? Whoa. Okay, hold on. We need to talk about that for a second. (laughs) Really? Like recently they did that? Yeah, they just, they, they just changed it because there were, 
people who, you know, that library fines had become an obstacle to them using the library. And so they want that to not be true for children. I once had a library fine so big, I had to get a payment plan. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to incriminate myself on by saying how high my library fines have gotten. (laughs) I worked at a library for three years and there, they didn't have, if you were a staff member, that was one of your perks is you didn't have to pay library fines. And it cultivated all kinds of terrible habits in me that I've had a very hard time, much longer than three years breaking since then. So yeah. I thought about it when my kids were really little, getting a job at the library because you could work like 10 hours a month and you would still get all those perks. And one of the other perks was you didn't have due dates on your books. So you could just bring them back whenever you were done with them, as long as there weren't holds. And we sort of did that anyway. So <laughs> I thought maybe that would be a way to get the consequences yeah, yeah. of that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I loved working at the library. I loved just seeing what was coming through, what people were checking out, talking to people about books all day. It was, it was really fantastic. When I found out that you worked at the library, it was just like everything clicked. I was like, well, yes, of course she did. <laughs> I think most people kind of are like, wow, you seem a little bit chatty for someone who works at the library. <laughs> oh, no, I did that there too. <laughs> I mean, who does it at the end of the day? My, my husband and I would trade off, so I would work in the evenings or weekends. And I just worked on call actually for most of the time, which was really fantastic. So if the kids were sick or something, it wasn't tricky to work around. And who doesn't want to go to the library for like hours at the end of a long day with your small children? Yeah, it was fantastic. (laughs) I'm like, they're paying me for this. They don't realize I'd come do this for free. (laughs) You're recording at the library, aren't you, Kara? I am. Yeah. Yes. Actually at the library. I have a little quiet room. So if we have any questions, I can just run and get the book. (laughs) Well, this is great. I think we'll have a fantastic list uh, for our listeners of books, both for Thanksgiving, which may be a little hard to get to the library this close to Thanksgiving when this podcast airs. Of course, you could always take advantage of Amazon's two-day shipping if you have access to that. On the other hand, there's the books that cultivate gratitude and thankfulness that are wonderful reads all year long. And I hope that we have a good list of those for our listeners here too. Episode 55, go to readaloudrevival.com and click on episode 55 for the show notes and we'll give you that whole list. And then before we go, I want to chat really briefly about these new picture book lists we've been putting out every single month based on the month. And so we just started this in September. We have October's and November's lists out. We're going to be doing this for every single month throughout the year. We're going to try to get those lists up one to two weeks before the month hits. So our December list will be going up anytime now. And we're basically taking the best picture books that we know for the different months of the year based on our own bookshelves and recommendations from other revivalers and putting them together in free printable lists that you can print out and take to the library with you that you can use to order online or put things on hold to the library online so that you can have a good seasonal basket of books every month. And I think this is my new favorite project. I love working on these lists. People are really liking them too. When they, when the email goes out, my inbox just gets filled up with people saying, thank you so much. This is perfect. And we, the September list was sort of just at the beginning of September. So I think we learned our lesson and we got the October list out a little bit sooner and everybody was super excited about that. So now looking forward to the December list, that sounds great. Are you a little worried about that December list though? I'm afraid it's going to be miles long because there's so many wonderful December and Christmas books. And I know I was thinking about that too. I mean, oh my god. You don't goodness. have to read all of the great books this year. <laughs> you can have the list and Christmas comes again. That's the amazing thing. We get to <laughs> we get to celebrate it again. 
That's, that's right. And the, actually on the list, there's a little place for you to make a check mark. So you can check off the ones that you've read before and check off the ones you want to read next year or that you want to just keep for the future. We try to keep a little bit of a theme. So, you know, for December, we'll probably focus he- heavily on Christmas books. And then January, we'll transition into winter and snow. So we'll be kind of thinking three themes that are really helpful for choosing picture books. There are so many beautiful, wonderful picture books based on the seasons and times of year. If you haven't gotten access to those, all you need to do is go to readaloudrevival.com and where it says join subscribers, just put your email in there and you will send it to you as soon as it's ready every single time. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. My name is Ruth. I'm four years old, and I live in Minnesota. Some of my favorite books are the Little House books by Laura Ingalls Wilder, the picture books, and the chapter books. My favorite thing about these books is that Laura was a real girl, just like me. When she was little... She lived near Pepin, Wisconsin, about an hour away from my house. I enjoy going to Pepin to visit her little house in the big woods. I love these books so much that my mom and I made a Laura dress for me, and I wore it at my three-year-old little house birthday party and my four-year-old little house birthday party. What is your name? Yep. Rafe, are you two years old? Yep. And we live in Alaska, don't we? Yeah. What's your favorite book, Rafe? <laughs> Can you say, The Moose is Loose? Moose is By Mark Carthew. Mark Carthew. Yes. We like this book because it says, The moose is loose and so is the goose, cried Signalman Bruce from the train's caboose. <laughs> Our very favorite story, isn't it? Hi, this is my brother Elliot. He is 10. And this is Isaiah. He is 8. We live in Vancouver, BC. Our favorite books are Harry Potter. Our favorite book is The Goblet of Fire. I like Harry Potter because he is nice, kind, and a good friend. I like the books because they are exciting, fantasy, and full of action. We hope you read the books and like them too. Bye. Bye. My name is Taylor, and I'm 10 years old, and I live in California. And my favorite book that's been read aloud to me is the BFG by Roald Dahl because I like the adventure. Hello, my name's Olivia, and I'm five, and I live in California, and my favorite read aloud is Brandley Hedge because Primrose gets lost. Hi, my name is Lily Kay. I am eight years old and I live in California. My favorite book is Understood Betsy. In fact, I didn't want it to end. Hi, my name is Elise. I am seven years old and I live in California. My favorite read aloud is The Men Pins because this little boy was going to go to this nearby forest that is in his front yard and his mother told him never to go near there and he goes in there and there's these invisible things and there is pins in a tree 
And my also favorite read aloud is Paddle to the Sea because this boy carves a shaped boy in this canoe and he goes into a real life water. Hi, my name's Lachlan. I'm three years old and I live in California. And my favorite read aloud is Little Bear because he goes up into the moon. Annalie Dawn. And how old are you, Annalie Dawn? Two. And what's your favorite book? That one. And what's this one called? I found you. Found you, Little Wombat. Little Wombat. Hi, I'm America Carr. I'm eight years old and from Texas. My favorite book is Poe Pickles by Kelly Windham. I like this book because it is about a little girl who doesn't like her name, but figures out is it okay to be different and learns to love herself for who she is. I like when Poe's teacher talks to her and lets her know they both have been teased because of their names and she tells Poe she can make a choice about how she feels about herself and life. My favorite part is at the end of the story, she lets her hair down and hangs from the monkey bars and her hair flies like her heart. I like getting to know Poe questions and answers in the front of the book because it helps you know more about who Poe is. I really like Poe's challenges in the back of the book too because me and my family can talk about the book and I learn things in words. I learned from the this book that it is okay to be different. Thank you, kids. Those are fantastic messages as always. Hey, head to readaloudrevival.com and scroll to the bottom of the page if your child wants to leave a message. We air every single message that's left on the website in the order it's received in. Don't forget to head to readaloudrevival.com to check out the new website, to check out our new shop, handy dandy shop that's got all kinds of goodies in there. I'm not even going to tell you what's in there. You're going to have to go to the shop to find out. But I'm really excited about all the good stuff we have coming. 2017 is going to be unbelievable here at the Read Aloud Revival. We went all in on this community about a year ago, and it has just been so much fun and has given our whole team so much joy to serve you and to help you connect with your kids through stories. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our community. And until next time, go build your family culture around books. Thank you.